Good evening. Welcome to this online service. We are talking about loving our neighbor, and part of loving our neighbor is to uh, deal with conflicts and bring about full restoration. Now, the Word of God wants to go deep into our hearts so that we will truly be restored rather than a superficial kind of peace and, and being cordial. But God wants us to tru truly be united as one because we are brought into the body of Christ. So to bring about this result, it takes a lot of patience, uh, uh, striving, working it through, and uh, in order to come to the truth. So last week we mentioned that we need to establish the truth about what happened. Uh, be, the reason being, it's important we learn. We learn where we've gone wrong, how we need to change, rather than just brush it through and just uh, uh, move on. And then we've got to examine and test ourselves to see where we are and uh, uh, the, the kind of mistakes, whether we are trusting ourselves or trusting Jesus, whether we have the spirit of Christ or filled with the spirit of self when we deal with all this problem. So we need to examine ourselves so that we will know how to change, refine our thinking, our perception of things, rather than looking at others, blaming, accusing, and, and condemning others. And then with the news pers perspective, we know how to do the right thing. So this evening, we want to move further to say that when we enter into full restoration, we bring true unity to the body of Christ. We bring to unit, uh, unity. And the uh, Second Corinthians 13, verse 7. Now we pray to God that you will not do anything wrong, not so that people will see that we have stood the test, but so that you will do what is right, even though we may seem to have failed. For we cannot do anything against the truth, but for the truth. We are glad whenever we are weak, but you are strong. And our prayer is that you may be fully restored. For we cannot do anything against the truth, but for the truth. Our prayer is that you may be fully restored. So in order to stand on the truth, we mentioned we want to find out what is the truth. We want to uh, work it through. But also to stand firm on the truth because there are people who, who don't. They stand wherever, uh, whoever they associate with, their relationship, you know, and, and, and not on the truth. But to be able to stand firm on the truth and nothing but the truth, you've got to have a pure heart. We've got to have a pure heart. Our heart is for God. It's for the kingdom of God. It's for the church. So, you see, in all this dealing, 
the Apostle Paul, the self is not inside. It doesn't matter how people look at ourselves. The important thing is the truth. The important thing is the, the, the body of Christ, is the kingdom of God. Paul says we, did, we, we do all this not to prove that we are right. We do all this not to make ourselves look good. No. But we want everyone to do the right thing. We want, owe everyone to be able to stand uh, because of the truth. So no personal relational benefit, family ties, uh, racial ties, or whatever. Because when we have that kind of uh, biasness, their deception will come. Lies will, will, will seep in without us knowing. And, uh, and so there will be the wrong kind of action, wrong kind of... Uh, decision, feeling that it's inside. And that's why the, the people in time past, they were so discontented with the apostle, the great apostle Paul. But Paul says, now that you know how to stand on the truth, we pray that you will have a different perspective about us. And then Paul says, we stand on the truth. Do not do anything against the truth, even though it doesn't benefit, bring you personal benefit. It may bring uh, hurts. You may have to pay the price for standing on the truth. But Paul says we can only stand on the truth. And I, I pray that this will be our hearts, this will be the purity of our hearts, that whatever happens, whoever it is, our desire is to stand on the truth. Especially when, when you stand on the truth, it works against those who are uh, related to you, who are close to you. I know that kind of hurts. I've been through it myself, and it, it really pains me to make that kind of decision. But when you have to stand on the truth, you have to face those things. And God himself will, will take us through. And uh, because we stand for him, we stand uh, for the truth. With the intention of full restoration, with the intention for the good of others, the good of the church, the good of the body of Christ. So, self is not in it. And then, secondly, in order to bring about full restoration, first we stand on the truth. Secondly, we have to exercise authority to bring order, to bring full restoration. Look at uh, 2 Corinthians 13, verse 10. Verse 10. This is why I write this thing when I am absent, that when I come, I may not have to be harsh in my use of authority, the authority the Lord gave me for building you up, not for tearing you down. So we realize there are times you just cannot deal with the individual because of stubbornness, rebellions, uh, sinfulness, 
and, and, and deception. There's no way you can talk sense and reason with them. And Paul is trying to do that because he knows that if these people cannot accept the truth, when he comes, he will be harsh with them. He will have to deal with it and exercise his authority as the servant of God, as the apostles of God. And that is the last resort that we want to do, to use our authority and say, that's it, in the name of Jesus. You know, we, we, we try not to do that. We try to do it through personal relationship, to communication, to confrontation, and, and, and through whatever ways we can to bring about full restoration. But when that doesn't happen, or that could not happen, we have no choice but to exercise the authority the law gave us. Paul says, the law gave me. So we need to know where we stand. Because we're dealing with church matter. We're dealing with ministry. We're dealing with relationship within the church. So there is a structure. There is an order. Remember, uh, uh, we mentioned that, that uh, uh, or we, we're going to talk about that. God has set the church in order, his house in order. There are leaders, there are apostles, there are prophets, pastors, and so on. There are orders. And so in those times, when we have no other choice, we have to use the authority. Jesus mentioned about that. When you have no other choice, you bring it before the church, and the church will, will, will execute that, that judgment and, and uh, remove the person because they refuse to come under authority, refuse to be taught. And we don't want to be harsh, but if we have to, we got no choice but to, to use it. And then verse 11, 2 Corinthians 13, 11, Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice, strive for full restoration, encourage one another, be of one mind. Encourage one another. So, we, we enter into this kind of a restoration process and we know it's difficult, we know it's a lot of striving, we know it takes a lot of energy, and mental energy, emotional energy, uh, physical energy to, to go through. And it's not pleasant. And a lot of times we don't want, we avoid this kind of dealing or confrontation that we, we have to take in order to bring about full restoration. And that's why Paul, despite of all the messiness that is in, in the Corinthian church, how he has to deal with them, how he has to re rebuild them, and, 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 and so on, he said, finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice! Rejoice! Not easy in this kind of atmosphere in this kind of uh, situation, but rejoice. Because when we rejoice, our focus is on God. We're depending on God's strength because the joy of the Lord is our strength. We are thankful to God. So our faith 
it's in God that God will see us through in such difficult times, in, in, in such difficult situations. And when we rejoice, it brings about a positive energy, a spirit in us that we believe good things is going to come out. We believe the best thing is going to come out rather than allow the situation to oppress us, you know, and, 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 and bind us and drag us down. No, we rejoice because we know problems we will always have. In this world, you will always have tribulation. But by the grace of God, we're able to deal with it, we're able to face a situation, especially when we have the right mindset, you know, um, to go into this, uh, this kind of uh, process. Right? Rejoice. And then, encourage one another. How do we encourage one another in this kind of situation? For full restoration. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 25 to 28. It says, So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, Every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of time, and so on. So how do we encourage one another for full restoration? The first thing we encourage one another is that we are the body of Christ. It's such an honor that we are part of the body of Christ. We are the children of God in God's family. And it says there should be no division in the body of Christ. So Christ is not divided. We have to have this unity, this, this oneness, mindset. to realize that we, even though so finite, we are part of the great church of Jesus Christ and we will not do anything against it. We want to see the church being built according to how Jesus wants it to, to be built. And we encourage one another that we are in it together. We are part of this body. When one part suffers, we all suffer. When we do this thing against the brother, we, we suffer. Don't think that we win. You know, some people think that they win, win an argument. They think that, oh, they, they are better, more superior. These are all deception, self-deception, pride, arrogance. Because we are in it together. When there is grief, when there is problems, we all suffer together. So that's why with that mindset of oneness and, and being part of the body, we, we would not want to do anything against the body because we have equal concern about the body. And something happened to others, we don't rejoice. 
we share in that grief. When someone leaves the fellowship, you know, we grieve because of that separation, because we are part of the body of Christ. So we don't want it to happen. We want to work towards full restoration. And then it mentions here, and God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, and so on. God has placed in the church, in this body, there is that structure, authority that He has given. The highest authority to the apostles, and then to the prophets, to the teachers, and so on. Right. So we have to recognize the structure that God has placed, the authority that God has set over us. Because we are body, we have to submit one to another. We have to submit to the authority that Jesus has set. So when we refuse to come under authority and yet we say we are of Christ, then you have, you have, you have not examined yourself. Because if you do, you realize Christ is not in you. The Spirit of Christ is not in you. Self, yes. Arrogant, yes. So it is, it's, it's not one part against another. Or neither is it we, we just spectator. Well, not my problem. Right? So the, the whole body are together under one structure, under the, the authority that God has set up. And that's why Paul says when it's needful, we can exercise authority. We will exercise authority because it's given by Christ. If you recognize that you are part of the church, then you submit to authority. If you don't think you're part of the church, then you have to go. Because then you can do anything in this church. No, no. There is order. There is structure that God has set. And... One of the reasons why I just heard recently in, in one of the seminars, the pastor tells us, well, the, 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 the scholars tells us, David, in fact, did worse thing than King Saul. But God has granted David favor. God has chosen David because David understands the heart, the heart of God. And in one of the incidents when Saul, King Saul was pursuing him and wanting to kill him, and you heard this story before, David cut off the edge of the rope when Saul was relieving himself in the cave. And, and his man was encouraging uh, David to kill him and say, God has brought this this this." This man before, uh, your enemies before you, it's time to kill him. And uh, David said, I will not touch the Lord's anointed. David knew the authority that God has set. The king, even though he's a fallen king, even though now God has chosen David to be the next king, but David will not uh, act in his Always taking things into his hands with all kinds of justification. In fact, the, the reason why this man uh, talked to him 
I mean, every one of us would, would jump into the conclusion, yes, God has given my enemies into my hand. Thank God for, for answering my prayer and He's delivering me. Now, kill him. But David say no. Because David understand the authority that God has set. This is the Lord's anointed. This is the king. And David let God deal with it in his own time. And he would not use, abuse his authority or, or usurp the authority of the king and do things differently. So in order to have to, to, to have the right uh, kind of attitude towards full restoration, first we have to rejoice. We have to be positive and, and then we have to encourage one another to cause us to realize that we are the body of Christ and uh, we're in it together. And then there are orders that God has established in the church, in this body, that we must submit to even though we may disagree. You know, a lot of times it's not so much a doctrinal issue. It's just personality. Some people want to do it this way. Some, some people like it the other way. Or they, they, some, some this personal differences. So we have to submit to authority. Whoever is over us, we submit and we obey, we follow. Whether we like it or not. That's what submission is about. You know, Jesus submit to the Father even though he doesn't want to go to the cross. Even though he has to pay great price for it. But he submit. Right? Because there are orders in the kingdom. There are orders in the family. And, and we need to do that. And then the next thing in order for us to bring about full restoration is we, we got to have one mind. Right? Let's read the verse again. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Be of one mind and live in peace. And how could we be of one mind? You have your thoughts, I have mine. You have your ways, I have, I have my ways. The only way that we can be of one mind is we lay down our thoughts. We lay down our ways. And we acknowledge God, your ways. You know, and we acknowledge the leaders you place over us, you know, we, we follow His ways because God has set Him over us. He's leading us. So that's it, right? So we must have one mind in order to have full restoration. Again and again, you see self. Self has to be gone. We have to lay down our self, our opinion when it comes to in conflicts with our leader because we need to be of one mind and it is their mind, not ours when we are under authority. And let's look at uh, how can we have one mind. Look at Acts 4, verse 31 to 33. After they, the disciples, the believers, pray, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. All the believers were one in heart 
and mine. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. The believer, the apostles, they were in one heart and in one mind. So in order for us to be in one mind, we got to gather together. They were gathered together. Fellowship, communication, interaction is so important. Now we do not separate ourselves. We need to know who is our shepherd and we follow our shepherd. We need to hear the voice of our shepherd because there are so many voices, there are so many leaders. Yeah, there may be great leaders out there, but are they your leader? Who is your leader? So they gather together. Who is your family? Where is your family? They gather together. So as a church, we need to, I know there are convenience with the online service, but we still need to gather together physically, interacting with one another in order to have that one heart and one mind. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. When we are not filled with the Holy Spirit, other spirit takes the place of our hearts. And unfortunately, demon spirit can take the place of our hearts. Spirit of self, of sin, can dominate in our spirit and in our hearts so that we are hardened, we are arrogant, we are filled with pride. So we are filled with the Holy Spirit when we uh, submit ourselves to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And we unite under the teaching of the apostles. They speak the word of God boldly. And that's how we can have one mind because we're listening to the, the word of God. And not according to our interpretation. We need to know the word of God. What is the truth? So that we all subscribe to the truth that God has revealed to us. So we unite ourselves under the teaching of the apostles. That's why in the church, leadership is everything. Our leader, how they lead us, what they speak is everything. When we follow, you will enter into what God has for us. If you don't, there will be division, there will be, uh, well, and, and the effectiveness is not there. So because these people, they are so united, they are in one heart and one mind in purpose, that's why the Holy Spirit works so powerfully in their midst. So that's how we can have one heart and one mind. By gathering together, by sitting under the feet of the apostles, learning from them, listening to what God is saying to us, let go, let go of our own thinking, our own self, with God and His kingdom in the forefront of everything we do. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 10. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there will be no divisions among you, 
but that you be perfectly united in mind and thoughts. Agree with one another in what you say. So it's not just in the mind, in the heart. What we say will reflect what we really believe. So we, if we have one heart, one mind, we'll say the same thing. We'll say the same thing. We'll, we will convey the same message, the same spirit. That's the acid test whether you really follow. The leader, you follow the Lord Jesus. Because some people, they, they say, oh, you know, I, I'm, I'm fully with the church. But when you hear what they talk, you understand. They have a different spirit. They have a different vision. Right? So agree with one another in what you say. And that there be no division among you. So this unity is deep. What we think, how we think, eventually becomes one because we've been receiving the same teaching. Our mind has been renewed. So the pattern, the pattern is there. The values is there. The culture is being established so that we can speak in one language, with one mind, in one heart. And that's what God wants to see, the Church of Jesus Christ. Remember in those days, during the time of the building of the Tower of Babel, when they speak the same language and they have one mind, nothing is impossible with them. So when we are one heart, one mind in Christ Jesus, nothing shall be impossible. The Church of Jesus Christ will be strong. We will be able to build and advance the Kingdom of God. And that's the purpose of being fully restored so that there's unity in the church, so that we can advance the kingdom of God. So I trust that these short teachings will be beneficial to us as we think about full restoration. Full restoration. We've got to stand on the truth. There are so many other voices, other reasoning. But one thing we hold on to is the truth and we stand on the truth and not allow any relationship or any other emotional thing that distract us from the truth so that we can be truthful to the Lord Jesus. And then in times when we need to bring about order and unity and, and, and restore oneness in the church, when there's no other way, we've got to exercise authority use our authority because we're dealing with different spirit, demonic spirit that tries to destroy the unity in the church because the enemy knows when the kingdom is divided, it will not be able to stand. And remember we just mentioned when we are able to stand with one heart and one mind, nothing is impossible. And that's what we're fighting against. That's what the enemy is fighting against. And the enemies want to come in using Christians, using conflicts, problems to weaken the church. To, they cannot defeat the church, but they weaken the church so that we are not effective in the kingdom of God. And uh, we enter into this 
process with the right attitude, positive attitude, rejoice. And then we encourage one another so that we can move together, we can speak one language, we can think the same way for the glory of God. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for revealing to us your desire to see full restoration in your church so that unity will prevail and will continue to be established in the church of Jesus Christ so that we will speak in the same language, with the same mind, we're able to advance the kingdom of God with great power. So Lord, continue to teach us Cleanse our heart so that our heart is pure. Our heart is just for your truth, is for you. And not be defiled by other, other things or, or other relationship. Lord, we pray that we will know how to encourage one another to keep focusing on the body, the kingdom, the oneness, that you have put us in so that we will think for the body, we will think in, uni in unity and, and, and so that the body of Christ will stand together in one. We thank you, Lord. Touch our life, move in the heart of your people, move in your church, for the glory of your name. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We will dismiss.